Brooklyn's Radio presents Surrey Business Affairs with Jackie Mitchell. Hello and welcome to Surrey Business Affairs with me, Jackie Mitchell. We'll be covering subjects relating to business, the challenges facing businesses in the area, as well as new opportunities and innovations. And if you'd like to join in, email studio at brooklynsradio.co.uk with any comments or questions for our guests. On today's show, we have Bronwyn Harding from Rogue Opera, Geraldine Hoakum from Mind Your Business, and Fiona McHugh from the Hazelwood Community Company. But to start with, I'd like to welcome our first guest to the studio, Richard Maybury from Attitude Solutions. Hello there, Richard. Hello, Jackie. Hello, thanks very much for coming on the show. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Okay, well, perhaps you'd like to start off by telling us a bit about your background. Uh, where were, what was your journey from uh, where you were then to what you are now? Okay, well, that's a, a, long, a long story. Uh, the short story is that uh, in an earlier life, I was a chartered insurer working in both the city and uh, and then overseas. I spent about 15 years in Middle East Africa and some stints in the Far East. And we decided to come back home uh, with some young children, and that's when I decided that um, I wanted to really focus on to uh, productivity, effectiveness, purpose. Those were my key words. And I started my Attitude Solutions business almost 20 years ago now. Right. And what sort of job did you have before starting Attitude Solutions? It was was corporate insurance programs. So it was underwriting and and selling and servicing corporate clients on a global basis. Um, And uh, big ticket uh, sale, um, big ticket insurance, big risk uh, policies. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's what I was doing, and uh, I was doing that in the Middle East, Far East, Africa uh, for yeah, fifteen. All years. right, okay. And it was interesting that uh, you said there were two words that uh, changed that changed your three words that took you from the UK insurance market to the East African insurance market, and eight words that took you to starting your business. All right, so what you, were they? You do, you do your research. Um, the yeah the. Um, when I decided I had to make a change um, in my career, uh, the, I, 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 I realised that I wanted to get more involved in personal development, uh, but stay in the insurance industry. And the three words I eventually came up with were um, training motivation overseas. And it was, had to be overseas because I didn't want to be just an ordinary career move. And uh, the next week in our trade journal, the Insurance Post, um, there was a, a half-page advert for training manager overseas so I just looked at it and I said well that's my job obviously so I literally went into Minette insurance brokers the biggest brokers for premiums out of Africa into the city of London at that time and I said I think you have my job and within about five or six weeks I was in Nairobi Kenya Wow, that's incredible isn't <laughs> I it? know I know but then it's all about what you focus on in life is generally what you get right so I just lasered my focus I wanted if I, if I was just in my ordinary insurance career looking for a job, I would never have seen a half-page advert for an overseas posting. It would never have interested me. But the fact that I did some work on myself and I, I lasered into training, motivation, overseas, the advert just jumped out at me. How incredible. I know. It's and then, wonderful. And then what took you to running your own business? There were three words. Sorry, was it yeah, no, well, eight that words? Was, that, was, that was longer because uh, I, I did a stint in Kenya and then I went over to the Middle East and I was in the Gulf and in Saudi Arabia and doing stints in uh, Hong Kong and Singapore. And we, we, didn't, we, we started having children, as you do, and we didn't want to be part-time parents and we didn't want to have expatriate 
children either to be frank so we were working on our exit strategy and entry back into the UK and I said I wasn't going to be in the insurance industry back in the UK because I was out of it for 15 years so um, my my words were uh, defining purpose deciding strategy defending priorities and delivering results easier because that's what I was helping my my staff my team to do it's all about purpose strategy priorities and, and delivering easier because Life is too hard and work is too hard. We've got to make it as easy as possible. And these are the things that you pass on to your clients today. Absolutely. So, so um, we have a hashtag WP2P set of programs, Welding Purpose to Priorities. And uh, essentially, those, those programs are all around uh, good practice and behaviours um, around workload management, key result delivery, goal, project um, management and it's a, it's a combination really of a bit of psychology it's a bit of um, it's a bit of uh, good principles rock solid principles that you and I would know about in terms of managing work and priorities and then importantly these days it's also about leveraging technology so it's welding the principles behaviors and technology to enable good hard-working people to deliver their results easier every day Yes, because I saw on your website that you also work with uh, Office so- software. You help business owners, especially Microsoft Office 365. I wonder why particularly that software? Well, it's, it's the most prevalent software package out there. So um, almost every business uh, is running either Office or they're running uh, Google G Suite. So when we, when we train their people, it's not just what they could do or what they should do. It's how they can do so we help them with their, with their email, with their calendar, with their tasking. Um, and really what we're about is getting a culturalizing of community behaviors around the Office 365 and the G Suite applications. So when we do our Welding Purpose to Priorities training, uh, where the client buys our full service, our full support pack, we measure the results. And currently, 4,500 people, the average daily productivity gain is 53 minutes per person per day interesting absolutely a 43 percent reduction in stress really because yes because people feel stress because stress is feeling a sense of feeling out of control yes and we help people to get clarity and control and commitment on their priorities and have it all visible for them um you know 46 percent improvement in collaboration across four and a half thousand people you know 56 percent improvement in email management Wow, that's very impressive. Oh, I, I love it. Yes. I mean, it, because because it's visceral, you know. It, it, you can entertain people with a talk, um, but if you want to help people to manage their crazy busy, stupid workloads and crashing deadlines easier, then you've got to give them something that they can work with. So rather than reinvent the wheel, I decided that we were going to just do Microsoft Office. And we're going to do Google G Suite because that's what most of our clients' people work with every day alongside their other software. Okay. And who are your typical clients? Um, Every range of client that you can think of. uh, We have uh, longstanding uh, relationships with big organizations. Uh, I shouldn't really mention a lot of those. Um, All the way through to um, fast-growing, ambitious SMEs, many of whom, or some of whom, have been on this uh, on this radio show with you in the past, Jackie. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, so so it's the full. The common denominator between all of them is that uh, they have great people. 
because a business needs to hire really good people and it's really hard to hire good people but they have great people and their their ambition outstrips their resource so all of their people i always say that anybody with a half decent job has a job and a half to do and that's just the way the world is yes uh, and if you've got a, if you've got an ordinary job you're lucky uh, but if you've got a great job, you will have a job and a half to do every day. Of course. Um, and the idea, our sort of proposition, is, is that we will help their great people deliver results easier. Um, and the only investment is our training because they've already got the software uh, and they've got the great people. So we just polish up uh, every facet of their people's diamond, really. Okay, and I also saw on the web on the website that you help people change the habits of a working lifetime. Absolutely. So how on <laughs> earth do you do that? Well, you know, it's really it's really interesting. People, we we get into a default behaviour set, and um, one of the things that I promise uh, at the start of every workshop is I say, look, I'll make you two promises. Everything I'm going to share with you is tried and tested, and it works. So I promise you it works. And the second promise, I promise you pain, because it is literally asking people to change the habits of a working lifetime, even the way they open up their office account. So most people open up um, their, their Outlook, for example, in their inbox. And the inbox is the one place that only rewards reactivity. So you could be as proactive as you want coming into the office every day. But as soon as you open up the inbox, it sucks the life out of you. How true is that? Yes. <laughs> How true is that? You know, so 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 it's, it's getting people to be comfortable with opening up in their calendar. That's got their plans and their tasks on one side uh, so they can recommit to what they said is important and then evaluate incoming emails, incoming requests, incoming interruptions, incoming everything against the list on the right hand side of their screen. It's not somewhere else squirreled away and then how do you use the technology to to drive uh, ambition rather than just do work so um people do say oh this is scary richard you know turning off alarms and not going into the inboxes often and everything else that we do and um yeah we get people saying i can't do that but, but they do i'm sure they do you know uh, I was with a client a couple of days ago, and one of the people said, I'm not going to do that, Rich. I'm not going to do that. And about three quarters of an hour into the workshop, she was catching up <laughs> on everything else because she said, this is just too good not to do. And she literally started catching up, opening up the workbook and catching up to where the rest of the of the room was. And those are the sort of things that I, that I love. I, I get loads of there's On the website, there's loads of you know, personal recommendations from loads of people. And the ones I like are the ones that start out something like... Um, I was I was I was very suspicious or I was uh, skeptical. The other one the other day uh, said when I saw welding purpose to priorities in my calendar my heart sank. But half an hour into the training I knew I knew it was going to be great. <laughs> so, oh, isn't that great? Oh, I love Marvelous it. Echo- I, I love it. I yes, love it. Yes, know, absolutely. It's, it's, I so it. I see you do training courses and workshops. So how does it work? Do you normally go in and do ad hoc um, training courses and workshops or do you do the companies sort of hire you uh, for you know 3 months, 4 months or something? Um, you, it's it's um, it's ad hoc but it's ad hoc on an ongoing basis oh, so I see. so i've got i've got some some very large accounts where i have been on the, i've been on their sort of a preferred supplier list now for 15 16 17 years and we still are their productivity people so um you know and we have a contract with preferred suppliers uh, and even with the the sme companies you know 
we're, we're on their list, we're on their supplier list, and, but they will phone up or they will ask us to do stuff maybe half a dozen times a year, which is cool. And then, of course, we've got the one-offs. We have clients sort of phone up literally and say, Rich, I was speaking to somebody and they said I should have a chat. You know, here's our, here's our challenge. Can you help? And what do you find are the most uh, the, the usual challenges that business um, have to face? The, when I'm talking to business owners, it is something along the lines of, look, I've got some great people here. We've got a great business. Um, I can't push them any harder. You know, can you help us to just do it a bit better and collaborate easier, um, get stuff out the door uh, in a more controlled and orderly fashion? So those are the sort of things that chief execs, um, MDs of SMEs would sort of typically ask me to, to get engaged in. And then we just look at that stuff and um, we run the program, we do the measurements afterwards and uh, everyone's happy. Fantastic. Yeah. OK, well, thank you very much for coming in, Richard. Would you like to give us your website details if people want to get more information? Absolutely. Be delighted to. So uh, I guess the easiest URL to get me on is uh, richardmaybury.co.uk. And you'll see there what we do and what our clients say about what we do. And we also should mention that you're chairman of the Institute of Directors in Surrey as well. Yes, that's my day job. And, and the business is my part time job. I, it feels like that sometimes. But yes, I am the chairman. I'm, I'm blessed to be the chairman of the Institute of Directors in Surrey and uh, very happy to be doing that for my, for my three year stint. Okay, then. Well, thank you very much, Richard. So that was Richard Maybury from Attitude Solutions. And in the next part of our programme, we're going to be talking to Bronwyn Harding from Rogue Opera. You're listening to Surrey Business Affairs on Brooklyn's Radio for and about local businesses in Surrey. Hair Mechanics is Surrey's premier hair and beauty salon group with two superior salons, one in the heart of West Byfleet and the second in the Bourne Valley Garden Centre of Adelston. Hair Mechanics offers hairstyling and finishing, beauty and holistic therapies, nail treatments, tanning and electrolysis. For our office promotions, contact information and more, please see our website, hairmechanics.co.uk or call 01932 350 Hair Mechanics, Surrey's premier hair and beauty salon group. Elegance, heritage and luxury characterise the Mitre Hotel in Hampton Court. On the Thames, alongside Hampton Court Palace, the Mitre provides a beautiful setting for that special celebration, from a stylish birthday party to an elegant wedding in the private pavilion suite with direct access onto the Riverside Terrace. The Terrace Restaurant, with its panoramic views across the river, offers a tasty and delicious menu, including the traditional scrumptious Sunday roast. And be prepared for delicious dishes with organic, homegrown and, wherever possible, locally sourced ingredients. To book your unique experience, call 0208 979 A perfect venue for a perfect celebration. The Mitre Hotel, Hampton Court. It's Surrey Business Affairs with Jackie Mitchell. 
Hello there and welcome back to Sorry Business Affairs with me, Jackie Mitchell. I'm now joined in the studio by Bronwyn Harding from Rogue Opera. Hello, Bronwyn. Hi, Jackie. Thank thanks you for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. So I must start off by saying, by asking what your background is. How did you, how did you start off before forming your own opera company? Sure. Well, I started off as a young child um, immersed in music. Mm. I played lots of instruments and uh, sang since I was about five years old. And the singing was definitely the thing that stuck. It was the thing I was good at, wasn't so good at the cello, etc. Um, I then actually went off and had a corporate career, so I spent 15 plus years in the city of London doing events and marketing, Uh, and then over that time I kept my hand in singing in choirs and and then got to a point where it was either sort of keep pushing for the directorship role in marketing or or return to what my first passion is, which is is music. So uh, I've spent about eight years retraining and uh, finding my way, and Rogue Opera is is really the culmination of bringing my two passions together. So I, I do love events and marketing and business. I, I feel I've made uh, some great strides in that in my career in the city and then also combining it with my passion for performing in opera. So it must have been a very um, very interesting transition then from a corporate role to setting up your own opera company. It was. And how did you fund the new opera company? Uh, funding is always a problem in the arts. Uh, so we are targeting a lot of business events, corporate events and high-end fundraising events are the kind of uh, things that will help fund uh, the ongoing progress of the company. And, uh, of course, there was also some capital investment needed by by myself and my co-director to to get the company started. And when did it start? So we incorporated the company in November 2017. Oh, right. Uh, So we're literally just at the start of of year two, really. Wow, very exciting. It is. And part of the ethos, of course, is to uh, bring opera to new spaces and audiences. That's right. So can you give us some examples of the things that you've done so far? Mm. Uh, So I'm very passionate about giving people the opportunity to see opera who perhaps don't uh, think it's something that they would enjoy, perhaps don't have the locational access. They live outside a city where there's a big opera house, which in the UK is is mainly London, um, or they can't afford a full-price opera ticket. Uh, So I'm very interested in performing in small community theatres in around London and and the country. But I'm also interested in in transforming spaces into uh, theatres, which perhaps people would think couldn't be. Uh, So the best example of that so far has been a a 15th century barn in Kent, um, which we managed to turn into a theatre for 90 people. Um, We performed Carmen there on a stage which was not much bigger than about uh, three metres by six metres. And uh, the 90 guests had a long interval picnic in the gardens, um, a beautiful sunny summer's day, and then came back in to enjoy the rest of the opera. That sounds amazing, absolutely incredible. So mm. how about how do you go about transforming a space like that? Uh, so the productions that I've designed are quite mobile. Um, we have some very simple but effective props and costumes and backdrops. Um, we've invested in some lighting that we can bring in that's also quite portable. And it's really amazing with um, what seems like quite little, you can create a, an amazing theatrical atmosphere. And then, of course, you have the music and the performers. Uh, so given a, a backdrop like that, um, plus six or eight voices of operatic voices in a space like that you just have an amazing immersive experience well it sounds incredible and of course you're going to be bringing things more locally you're going to be at the nomad community theater in east Horsley, aren't you coming that's up? right so um my outreach um vision for opera as i said is to bring it to new spaces and audiences and part of that is p- teaming up with community theaters like the nomad theater so they have a beautiful space in uh, east Horsley, and they do great production 
productions of community theatre. They do straight theatre. They've never hosted an opera before, so they're very excited about that. Uh, And what I'm hoping to do is bring uh, that opera to people at a very affordable price. So the tickets are £14 for the full price and £12 for the the concession price, um, and that's unheard of in opera. You would never be able to see uh, an opera production for that anywhere else. No, that's amazing. Uh, And what what are the dates of the performance? So we're just doing one performance to start. I hope in future years we'll, we'll expand that, but it's Saturday the 23rd of February. Fantastic. I say that sounds very exciting. But you're also looking to involve local businesses, uh, aren't you, with Rogue Opera? That's right. So part of my investment in outreach is to fund some of this cost of bringing my performers to the Nomad Theatre. The Nomad Theatre being a community theatre, um, the only way they run is to take the ticket income. So I'm looking for local businesses with an interest in the arts and interest in supporting uh, live local performance uh, to partnership with me. And I have some sponsorship packets, uh, packages available. Uh, and that money would go towards covering the costs of paying my performers and bringing uh, bringing the show to the theatre. Okay, and you're just looking for sponsorship for that particular performance or ongoing? Uh, I also have an ongoing um, crowdfunding um, project and uh, the idea is to use this as a template. This is the first, the Nomad is the pioneer. I see. Uh, so I'm approaching local businesses uh, in Surrey and particularly in Horsley um, to focus that effort, but certainly as an ongoing thing, it's something I'd like to do in, in local communities to be able to offer community outreach uh, performances either for free or very subsidised prices so that people can have a, have a chance at seeing what I believe is an amazing art form. Sure, and you'll do that by, by partnering with other businesses. That's correct, yes. yes. And, and of course, I'm seeking council funding and arts council funding, but they're the golden gooses. Um, yes. you know, so as well as that, it, it would be great to get some local businesses on board. And you know, for not very much investment, you can really help bring um, some really interesting things to your local community. Absolutely. But of course, you do other work in the community, don't you, by holding workshops and also school matinees. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes. So my next production, uh, we launched last year with Carmen and this year we are adding Don Giovanni to the repertoire. And I'm launching that in Wandsworth, which is is my local area. Uh, That will be in May this year uh, so we're having four public shows and as part of that we're also having two schools matinees so we'll go into the schools beforehand we'll offer them a 90 minute workshop which will introduce them to the music of the opera some of the themes of the opera uh, and give them a chance to, to ask lots of questions and then invite them along to a special schools performance. Well, that's fantastic, isn't it? Because I don't think there's an awful lot of education about opera in schools, are, is there? No, there's not. You know, the, the music curriculum covers a, a huge range of music, which is wonderful. Um, some schools might touch on it, but um, I would, I'd be very surprised if, if any school has a focused opera program. And, you know, maybe not everybody who, who takes part in those workshops or comes to a matinee would be inspired to become an opera singer but as a as an educational tool as an as an artistic form uh, as a piece of drama you know opera is an incredibly powerful storytelling tool which I think children can definitely benefit from absolutely and do you also perform in the operas yourself I do yes yes so um, I sang Carmen in our production of Carmen which has been a dream role of mine to sing for many many years Um, perhaps one of the reasons why we picked that as the first one to launch and in Don Giovanni I'll be singing the role of Donna Elvira Okay, and do you also direct it as well? I do. I also work with a team. I've got a wonderful choreographer and movement director called Michelle Buckley, who's an incredible dancer and and is a very good choreographer and movement director. And then I also have a fantastic music director, um, Guy Murgatroyd, who's a brilliant pianist. So I have a really great core team. 
in the future, I would like to work with guest directors, but at the moment, uh, it's it's sort of one of the other hats that I wear as well. Okay, and for the other cast members, mm-hmm. um, I assume you have open auditions. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, some of them I invite to audition if mm-hmm. I've seen them perform or I've worked with them personally in the past. Uh, but then we do also hold open auditions and put out audition notices. So you know, there's a, a huge wealth of talent out there. Um, you know, in London, in the UK, uh, there's a lot of underemployed opera singers and I'm really excited that Rogue Opera is giving uh, people like that uh, an opportunity to perform in lots of different ways because I think that's important as a performer that you get exposed to um, presenting your art in in lots of different ways not just in a straight theatre because it really hones your uh, skills as a performer. Indeed absolutely so what were the most difficult parts of setting up the opera company? It was it was in a way knowing where to start. Uh, so I was I had the ideas brewing for quite a number of years, and and you know I'd started to make plans, and and I wasn't quite sure what would be the appropriate launch um, vehicle. And then the Wandsworth Arts Fringe um, got in touch with me and they offered me an opportunity to, to perform there last year and that really crystallised things for me. So once I had that as a definite uh, starting point and with the support of the Fringe, you know, that's an open access Fringe, there's incredible support from Wandsworth Council, uh, that really helped me um, channel the energy and, and to get things going. And, you know, there's lots of challenges along the way, but uh, so far we've been meeting them all quite well. Excellent. And- Presumably you put your core team in place, did you, to begin with, before you you launched? Yes. And although Carmen's one of your favourite roles, Mm -hmm. it must have been hard to to know which opera to to launch with. It was, and it wasn't um, certainly the main factor. Uh, The other thing I'm quite passionate about is is making opera relevant. It's a a phrase that gets thrown around a lot, Um, but I do think about it very carefully when I choose the operas because I think one way of making things relevant is to give people themes which they can relate to. Uh, And I think Carmen is a very um, relevant opera because it has very serious serious issues about um, consent and saying no and the consequences of of a woman saying no to a man and the violence that, that ensues in that, you know, that's a problem that is still faced by way too many women today. Sure. Uh, so in our production, we, we do... We don't hide away from that. We emphasise that in a way to use it as a vehicle. Uh-huh. And then, and then you've got Don Giovanni. Mm-hmm. And then uh, will you be adding any more operas? Yes, we will. Uh, so the at the moment, um, our next opera will be in 2019. No, we are in 2019, <laughs> 2020. The years are flying by. They are indeed. They are indeed. So we have a short list uh, of choices for that, which uh, my core team, you know, we keep coming back to that and toying with creative ideas and seeing what we think would work. So, um, yes, we'll be making announcements about that later in the year. Okay, that sounds very exciting. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show. Would you like to give us your website details so people can get more information? Yes, so it's rogueopera.co.uk. That's www.roguopera.co.uk. That's great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you. That was Bronwyn Carding from Rogue Opera. And the next part of our show, we're going to be talking to Geraldine Huakwim from Mind Your Business. Surrey Business Affairs. For and about local businesses in Surrey. When you're looking to send important documents and packages, don't settle for second best. Choose mailboxes, etc. in Church Street, Weybridge. We offer you high street access to fast, reliable and internet trackable delivery services. 
from world-class couriers, including UPS, FedEx, Parcel Force, and DHL. We also offer a range of Royal Mail services and can pack your shipment so that it arrives safely. Around the corner, around the country, or around the world, big or small, mailboxes etc. in Weybridge can collect, pack, and ship it all. If you're passing Walton Community Hospital or near the halfway in Walton, then pop into the hospital coffee shop run by the League of Friends. Enjoy a nice cup of tea for only 60p or a delicious cup of coffee for only 70p. Plus a range of sweets, biscuits, soft drinks, crisps, cards and sundries. We're all volunteers so we can keep the prices low. That's the coffee shop at Walton Community Hospital in Rodney Road, Walton. Open from 10am to 4pm weekdays and from 2pm to 4pm on Saturdays. It's Surrey Business Affairs with Jackie Mitchell. Welcome back to Surrey Business Affairs with me, Jackie Mitchell. I'm now joined in the studio by Geraldine Hawakim from Mind Your Own Business. Hello there, Geraldine. Hi. Hi, Jackie. Hi. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. So perhaps you'd like to give us a bit of information about your background before you started up your own business. Yeah, sure. I spent um, 20 plus years um, in international marketing, uh, working predominantly for an American company, had my own consultancy as well, spent a lot of time on aeroplanes in hotels, overseas, travelling backwards and forwards, which was great, loved it. Uh, After 20 years, it starts to pull slightly. Um, Quite a stressful um, sort of job, as well as trying to bring up a young family, run the home, all that sort of thing, the normal. What we say is quite normal stresses and strains of modern life, really. Um, So it came to a point where I thought, I've done 20 years where we live longer, we're healthier. I've got another 20 years in me. So what do I want to do for that? And that's really uh, where I then looked at uh, what I wanted to do for the next 20 years, which is when I developed my own business. So, right. And what is your what is your own business offer? It's um, really about uh, preventing stress in the workplace. So, so rather than helping people when they get to the point of burnout, when they're, when they're at the point of um, needing sort of extra help to get back on their feet where they've already fallen over, it's really about preventing that stage. So it's using the latest neurosciences that are available, um, going and doing workshops, doing talks. Um, I also go into schools, do talks to, 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 to children about strategies and how to cope. Um, and really bringing that element of self-care into it, sort of taking charge of your health, taking charge of, of, of how you cope with things, building resilience. Um, because life happens. There's always going to be stress in our lives. Some of it's good, some of it's not so good. Um, but if we... If we build resilience, if we know how to cope with it, then we'll come out of it in, a, in much better shape. Right. And it's, it's amazing, really, how much stress costs uh, companies Absolutely. every year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something like 94 billion. Mm. Um, obviously, you've got um, costs like absenteeism from work. You've got high staff turnover. You've got costs involved with low productivity as well. You know, people don't make brilliant decisions when they're under pressure. Um, and then on the other side of it, you've got the costs to the NHS. You've got, you know, the, the, the physical costs of people having to be going to see their doctors, being put on um, antidepressants, all of that. And there, there's this idea that there's a sort of tidal wave of mental health that's really waiting to hit the NHS, which it simply can't afford. No, that's right. And why do you think stress in the workplace is such a problem? It's 
it's a really good place to kind of gather people together. So, so we have stress from all aspects of our lives. It's not only, you know, in the workplace. Many parents, but particularly if you've got younger children, will understand the stress of getting that child out, ready, getting their shoes on, getting them out to school, because you've got to drop them off, then get into school. If that's been quite a difficult period, you can bring that then into work. Work, of course, is a stressful place because we have expectations loaded on us. People are under pressure to perform, to reach deadlines. Um, but it's also a really key area where it can be dealt with because you have people gathered together. You can reach them. Um, and there is a responsibility as well for um, employers Particularly, the government is pushing for that responsibility to be taken on board um, to to gather the people, to, to give them education, to help them deal with, with stress so that, on the other side, they don't then hit the NHS with, with the extra costs. Of course. And so how do you help these companies cope with their employees who are stressed? So there are probably um, three main ways. Um, the first one, which is very popular, is sort of lunch and learn sessions. So going in, doing an hour's talk, it's very condensed um, process of just just really giving very basic sort of ideas of what stress stress is, what it's about, and helping them with some key strategies. So so it's kind of an opening, if you like, and that's that's around about an hour. I do also do half day and full day workshops. Now those are tailored to the company, so it could be that um, a company is looking to train up their managers to be able to help and support staff beneath them. It could be that they want to bring um, st- sort of stress strategies to the employees. So it d- just depends on what the particular. Um, uh, Um, needs of the company are and then we also look at uh, experiential sessions which are things like exploring what mindfulness meditation are I say exploring because it's not for everyone. If you said we're going to do a mindfulness um, session, you probably get maybe half three quarters of a room groaning and thinking this is never going to be for me. It's really about having a look at it, seeing whether you, it suits you, the understanding, all, all the sort of science behind it, why it helps, and then you can then decide if you want to bring it in. Because, unfortunately, there is no one-size-fits-all. Not everybody is going to love everything. Time elements as well. People don't have all the time in the world. That's another pressure we have these days. Um, so it's about giving a sort of a, a, a toolbox that they can delve into, have a look, see what works for them, and then go on and use those. Okay, and uh, it was interesting to see on your website that one of the most common questions you get at your workshops is how to get a good night's sleep. It is. Sleep is obviously um, a a huge uh, subject. Probably 99% of people understand what not having a a good quality sleep is about. I would say 100% of parents with young children will understand what not having good sleep is about. (laughs) I'm sure. Um, You know, you can can have a bad diet, you can not exercise for years. You might not be terribly healthy on it, but but you'll survive and, and you'll live. One, two, maybe three nights bad sleep, interrupted sleep, two or three hours sleep a night, and we all feel it. And when we have that, we immediately, you know, start going into lockdown mode. We can't make decisions properly. It affects us physically as well as mentally. So, and sleep is also one of the the key indicators for stress overload. Most people will recognise when they've been through a stressful period 
they get that 3 a.m. wake up, wide awake, can't get back to sleep, churning thoughts, feeling a bit miserable. Um, so, so it really is a key indicator that there is some kind of stress overload in their lives. And so what yeah. is your advice to people on how to get a good night's sleep? It really is about looking at what is happening around you. Um, it's you can also build in a little bit of help in the day. So if you can allow yourself to just take 10, 15 minutes in the day to allow your brain to do a bit of freewheeling, move away from, from the computer, go for a walk out, that will just help to start support your nighttime sleep. It may be that until whatever is stressing you passes, you are going to have interrupted sleep. Um, acceptance is a really powerful thing as well understanding that that the sleep is related to something happening say you're moving house keeping perspective that it's a period that it will end that things will get better I mean relationship breakdowns is bound to cause some sort of bad night's sleep but just keeping perspective understanding that nothing lasts forever at some point it will change Right, and very um, excitingly, you're going to be giving a talk at Surrey University on Wednesday evening, aren't you, next Wednesday evening? Uh, I did a talk last December at Surrey University, which went down really well. That was was geared towards the postgraduate students um, because they are going through massive change, you know, moving from the educational sector into the real world. Um, And a lot of these students suffer from what's coming up more and more, imposter syndrome. What is that? Well, so that's this idea that um, it's it's really a gap between your thinking who I, I should be and who I am. And it causes um, discomfort, mental discomfort, that, that you're not quite up to scratch, that everybody else is racing ahead. The other side of it is that uh, you have got somewhere by luck, that you don't deserve to be here, that you're going to be found out, that it's all, it's all a bit of a house of cards and it's going to come tumbling down. So it's, it's really about lack of confidence um, and it's it's relatively easy to deal with once you understand what it's about and um you know that that um again feelings don't last forever the other thing is that you're probably not alone we always um think mental health when when we're going through sort of mental ill health we often feel that we're the only ones going through these things but actually Generally, everybody has gone through something at some point in time. Uh, people feeling imposter syndrome, if they opened up and talked to their neighbour, you can guarantee that the student sitting or the work colleague sitting next to them has had some kind of feelings in that area. So yes, yeah, so they can share the problem. They can share, yeah. yes. Yeah. And also, I believe that you're taking part in a BBC programme. Yes. Could you tell us a bit more, more about that? Yeah, I can't say too much because I don't think it's actually been scheduled yet, but um, that was around that idea of imposter syndrome. So it was working with a... Um, a a student who was moving into an elite position so he was on his second uh, economics degree and uh, the, the, the premise of the program is that these are students who are moving into really elite positions so they're breaking into these these positions um and this this chap who I was called in to help um you know he comes from a fairly urban background but he's trying to break into quite um, a high-flying finance area where he, his profile maybe doesn't quite fit the mould, but of course moulds are broken all the time. And it was really about confidence building, um, helping him to reduce the anxiety of interviews, those sorts of things, because again, when we're under pressure, when we're stressed, we don't give of our best. 
Um, so, so that was a really important part of that. And so when will, might the programme be shown? I think you said April. It's, it's April time. So I, I think they're probably scheduling now. It, 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 it was filmed over last year. I believe it ended uh, December time. Um, and then they'll obviously have to schedule it in for... Oh, well, you must keep us posted about that. And did you enjoy the experience? I did, yes, yeah. Uh, I shall probably, if I'm on at all, will be on for a nanosecond, despite sort of around six hours of filming. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, it will be really exciting to see. Okay, that's great. Well, thanks very much for coming in and talking to us, Geraldine. Would you like to give us your website details? Uh, Yeah, it's um, www.mind-yourbusiness.co.uk. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, Shaki. And that was Geraldine Huacom from Mind Your Business. And the next part of our show, we're going to be talking to Fiona McHugh from the Hazelwood Community Company. You're listening to Surrey Business Affairs on Brooklyn's Radio. For and about local businesses in Surrey. Looking for a night out with a difference? Look no further than the Holiday Inn Shepparton. Whether it be a spectacular Christmas party with colleagues and friends, a celebratory feast with loved ones, or a night with showbiz royalty at one of our tribute act nights, we have the package for you. Our fabulous Christmas party nights are priced from £40.95. If you join us for one of our legendary tribute act nights, you can eat and drink to the sounds of Freddie Mercury, Tina Turner, Robbie Williams and many more, all from £29.95. Contact the events team on 01932-899-33 to secure your night to remember at the Holiday Inn, Shepparton. Brooklyn's radio's audience is growing. Potential listeners are listening, but are they hearing your message? Maybe you're saying to yourself, I don't know about internet radio, or maybe I should wait. Well, instead, think about it this way. Do you want to be one of the first businesses like yours to advertise on internet radio? Or the last? So why not tap into the power of Brooklyn's Radio easily and affordably? Contact Fiona through sales at brooklynsradio.co.uk. That's sales at brooklynsradio.co.uk. Brooklyn's Radio. Loving Surrey Radio. Brooklyn's Radio. It's Surrey Business Affairs with Jackie Mitchell. Hello and welcome back to Surrey Business Affairs with me, Jackie Mitchell. I'm now joined in the studio by Fiona McHugh from the Hazelwood Community Company. Hello, Fiona. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Okay, well, before we get on to what the Hazelwood Community Company does, perhaps you'd like to give us a bit of background of what did you do before joining the company? Oh, I've always been in hospitality from quite a young age, uh, working my way up through, uh, being a waitress at a hotel while I was at school and at university. And then I went to work for a restaurant company. I worked for them for several years and then um, I joined a golf club where I was operations manager and I was with them for about five or six years. And more recently, in the last three years, I've been with the Hazelwood Community Company as their manager general manager right and it's very exciting news that you uh, that the uh, organization won the best healthy business award in the spellthorn means business awards oh yes that was recently we were absolutely delighted uh, we were quite surprised however um, hayeswood have been doing a lot of work with uh, the local community recently and we're trying to promote sport within the community and our facility that people come and use our facility um, last year we started a park run last March, so we're coming up for our year anniversary and that brings in a lot of the local community. They can walk to the facility and it's a free event for everyone. 
so it's, it's a it's a great great thing to be able to do to provide for the community and uh, what how did you feel about winning oh it, it was great I mean it's fantastic to be able to get some you know it's like getting good feedback from your peers it the staff were absolutely delighted it was great for them and um it just it just gives us that opportunity for people to hear about our uh, facility more yes and why was it that category the healthy business well ruth um one of the ladies from spellthorn she asked me she asked if we'd like to to go for it and because we're such a sports facility so provide healthy food for our rugby players and then we also provide a place for people to play sport oh i see i see and then of course there's the park run as well park run and we have football teams who train with us as well as the rugby um we also have gaelic football teams as well so yeah we're trying to promote more sporting uh, companies to come and use us okay and uh, what do you think the benefit of winning awards is the benefit is to raise our profile so uh, people uh, um, hear about us um, and it's great to get the feedback from your peers to know that you're doing a good job within the community and it's great to give the staff that feedback that they're doing a really good job as well and I suppose it also raises awareness for the organization doesn't it it certainly does and um, it alleviates us within the community and it's great for marketing um, great for product placement so yeah it's, it's, it's good all around to be able to to be involved in awards let alone win them and would you advise other companies to do the same yes absolutely it's yeah. great it's great to be able to work closely with Spellfall on um it's great to meet other companies when you go to these award ceremonies as well and it's the icing on the cake when you win yeah absolutely absolutely and what did you actually win was it a plaque or a it was a lovely um glass um uh, trophy oh yeah, lovely. So it's lovely oh, it's at work nice. uh, pride of place so that all our customers and staff can see it okay great well now let's uh, let's talk about hazelwood because it's um a 63 acre complex and provides facilities for all kinds of functions. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so um, as I say, Hayeswood is set on 63 acres. We have um, buildings and we have a lot of land. And within that land, we have seven full-size rugby pitches, one and all weather pitch. We also have a full-size Gaelic football pitch. Um, so we have the London Irish professional team train with us. Uh, they play at the Majeski at the moment, and soon they'll be moving to Brentford, so even closer. And we also have the London Irish amateur teams train with us as well, and they play with us at the weekends. And within all of that, we also try and um, fit in private events and functions. We hold um, quite a few weddings over the summer periods. We have birthday parties, christenings, holy communions. So it's a, a facility for all, really. You, you know, everyone's welcome. Um, and we're trying to work within the local community as well to, to get them to come and use our facilities more. It's a fantastic facility. Um, we have... The NFL come and train with us once a year. Sorry, what is that? The NFL, American football. Oh, right, okay. Yes. So we have the Philadelphia Eagles train with us, who were the Super Bowl champions last year. Uh, we also have Wales um, rugby team that come and train with us ahead of their um, game with the England team at Twickenham. So yeah, we're just trying to trying to get more users to use the facility. It's a world-class facility. It's fantastic. And presumably there's a hotel attached to it. There isn't, actually. Oh, there isn't. No, oh, right. But we have great relationships with um, the Holiday Inn um, at Shepparton. Oh, I see. Okay. And uh, it's quite interesting, then, that it's the administration training base of the London Irish. So how long has it been that? Oh, oh it's for quite some time, I guess. Yes, yes. Um, the, the Hazelwood has been open for four and a half years. Ah, and before okay. that, we were in the Avenue. 
and I've been there with them for three years. So yes, the administration for the professional team is based at the facilities as well. I've got a large office area for them. Fantastic. And then also the London Irish amateur rugby football team, which you mentioned. Yes, yes. They train with us as well. So they're based with us. They're all amateurs. So none of the staff are on site, but they use our facilities every evening and they play their home games with us at the weekends. So they're a great asset um, to the facilities at Hazelwood. So they use it as a training base, but there are no actual matches played there? Not the professional team, but the amateur team there is. The amateur team play all their home games at Hazelwood. Okay, and are there any uh, training facilities for any schools or anything like that? Do, do schools use the facilities? Yes, we do. We have um, several schools users within the area at different times. We have Hampton School that uses St. John Beaumont's users. Um, so we have Halliford School as well that's just in Shepparton. Oh, yes, uses. I know that one. Yeah. Yes, yes. So they have a tournament with us every year, which is coming yeah. up soon. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, and the, the council users as well, some um, Spellthorn. Okay. And so what sort of businesses are you looking to hire the facilities at Hazelwood? Well, it's so versatile. We're looking for people that want to hold a party with us or want to use us for a training facility, want to train with us long term, or if they just want to hire us out for a day. As I say, we do weddings, we do um, birthdays, Holy Communions, christenings. So yes, it's so the diary must be very carefully managed then, because you've got all the, you've got the rugby people as well. So you've got to cry, kind of juggle the other. Yes, dates. I suppose that's the most challenging part of the role is trying to juggle uh, the amateur yes. club, the professional club, and private events. Yes, and when you say you do weddings, can people actually have the ceremony at Hazelwood no, or just, just the, the reception? The reception afterwards. Yes. All right. Okay. Um, the rugby season runs from September September through to May. And then June, July and August, we have a lot more flexibility with people using the facilities. Okay, and what sort of numbers can you cater for in in terms of a wedding or a business function? So up to 200 people for a sit-down function and then up to 250 people if you're looking to have a buffet. We also do smaller functions because we have two rooms. Right, and if businesses want to hire your facilities? Yes, we do conferences, we have um, interactive screens, uh, projectors, so we do several conferences there as well, very regularly. And then that's up to, for 200 people, is it? Or Yeah, 200 people theatre style and then smaller ones if you're looking at um, seated events and tabled events. Okay, and there must be quite an extensive uh, catering department yes, who provides right. all the food for all, all of this. Yes, we're very lucky. We have an in-house chef, Bogdan, who's very good, um, and he provides all the catering and has a team with him. So that ranges, I suppose, from sandwiches for the rugby teams right the way through to yeah, cor- banquets. Yes, absolutely. Corporate sit-down meals. Uh, we do three, four-course meals, as well as, yes, the buffets and all in between. Okay, And, and ha- providing nutritional food for our professional players. Oh, really? Special food for them? Yes. Yes, to keep them as healthy as possible. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. They have certain requirements of how much protein and carbs that they have to have in their diet every day. So the chef provides all that for them as well. Okay. And you talked about the park run. So how did that all come about? So park run, um, one of my colleagues mentioned that they did the park run and how it would be great to have it at Hazelwood. So I looked into it, um, met with park run as an organisation and they came to check out the facilities and love the facilities. So we started the ball rolling about a year and a half ago and it took about three to four months to get to get it all up and running. We're very lucky that we have Shepparton Running Club so close to us. Um, so a lot of them volunteer with the um, the park run on a Saturday morning at nine o'clock, 
and they also have now started doing a couch to 5k which is uh, run by the Shepparton Running Club uh, at Tayswood premises. So when you say a couch to 5k what do you mean? So it's for people who um, are either coming back into sport or have never been in sport before have been in an injury and it's to get them up to the level of being able to run 5k. It's an eight-week training course and they'll it's at Hopper's 10 on a Saturday morning and they start by walking, running, walking, running and then after eight weeks then they will be able to run 5k with everybody else at nine o'clock on the park run. Wow, that's very impressive. Yes. And is the park run held every Saturday? Every Saturday, yes, consistently throughout the year. At nine o'clock? At nine o'clock, yes. And so that's what finished by 10.30 in time for the training and, session? And, and yes, absolutely. So most people, the park run is usually finished by about 10 o'clock and then the people for the couch to 5k start arriving at 10 o'clock and doing a warm-up exercises and then they start the couch to 5k at 10 30. okay and are there any other events like that that you hold so we have a lot of sporting events throughout the year we hold lots of different tournaments and um usually ran by other companies on our facilities we also have um gaelic football that we have on a friday evening which again is welcome for people to come down and join as well as the yes, could you team tell us rugby. a bit about Gaelic football? Not being a sporting person, <laughs> um, it's it's a round ball like a football, but you can run and hold. You can hold it as well as run with it. Ah, okay. uh, yeah. So um, I don't play it myself, so uh, I don't know the ins and outs of the rules. It's a very fast game, and the children who play rugby absolutely love Gaelic football because it's more of a summer sport. So when the rugby season finishes, they can still keep up their fitness levels throughout the summer and play Gaelic football. Okay, and uh, it must be quite um, labour intensive to keep the pitches, um, you know, in, in good condition. Yes, on an ongoing basis. Have, is yes. that is that a part of your remit? It is. Yes, um, it uh, it's it's a very big job. We have uh, an outside company that uh, look after it for us. Um, so it's it's a lot of work throughout the year, and then in the summer pit summer time we also do pitch renovations as well as the work that they do throughout the year so it's it's a big job okay then Fiona well thanks very much for coming in and telling us all about it would you like to give us your website details please if people want to get more information yes certainly it's www.hazelwood-centre.co.uk Thank you very much, Fiona. Thank you, it's a pleasure. So I'd like to thank all our guests today, Richard Maybury from Attitude Solutions, Bronwyn Harding from Rogue Opera, Geraldine Huacom from Mind Your Business, and Fiona McHugh from the Hazelwood Community Company. And thank you to my producer, Graham Laycock. And to stay in touch, or if you know any business people who should be on our programme, please email studio at brooklandsradio.co.uk with their contact details and a little bit about them. And do follow us on Twitter at Brooklands Radio. Do visit the Business Affairs webpage on brooklandsradio.co.uk for details of forthcoming guests and to listen to previous editions of Surrey Business Affairs. This show will be repeated next Thursday, the 24th of January at 7 o'clock in the evening. And the next edition of Surrey Business Affairs will be on Thursday, the 7th of February at 1 o'clock. So do listen in. So it's goodbye from me, Jackie Mitchell. Surrey Business Affairs. If you'd like to take part, email businessaffairs at brooklandsradio.co.uk. That's Surrey Business Affairs for and about local businesses in Surrey.